Well, today at the end of our time together this morning, we are going to be celebrating communion together. And so if you would like to join us, and if you did not receive a set of communion elements when you came in this morning, if you would just hold your hand up high and a member of our host team, um, they will be happy to bring those to you. Just keep your hand up high for just a moment and we will get somebody down to you in just a a minute. Now, again, I am so glad to be able to be with you this morning, and we are in the third part of our series called Come and See, and if you are new or if you are newer to faith, this is a great series for you to be a part of, because in this series, um, we are reminding ourselves as a church um, why it is that we do what we do, and we're doing that by talking about what it is that Jesus has invited all of us to experience together, what Jesus has invited all of us um, to be a part of together. Um, and perhaps one of the most uh, unexpected and, and startling, and, and certainly depending on how you are raised, um, one of the most surprising things that we discover about Jesus' invitation is something that we discovered last week, which is that nobody, right, nobody who began following Jesus, um, nobody began following Jesus because they thought he was the Son of God, right, nobody. And in fact, um, and again, maybe this is for you, if, if, you uh, if you're someone who kind of struggles with the whole idea of, you know, can a person, you know, be God? Like, is that even possible? Is it possible um, for a person to even be um, divine, right? If that's you, then the truth is you, you really have, you have. Um, you have been invited um, to follow Jesus. And again, which means, and you may never have, have thought about this before, um, but you could actually start to read the Gospels, right? Even um, if you don't call yourself a Christian, you can begin to read the New Testament, um, even if you don't necessarily be, believe the New Testament is true. In fact, think about it. I mean, you don't read anything because you think it's true, do you? I mean, that's not the litmus test for what you read. You read things to discover if they are true. Right? And so any, everybody who followed Jesus in the first century, everyone who followed Jesus, who took Jesus up on his invitation, all of them began following Jesus without um, beginning to believe that Jesus was who he claimed to be. In fact, that's the whole reason why um, they followed. That was the whole reason why people followed Jesus, was to see if he really was, to come and see if he really was who he claimed to be. Now, the other thing that we discovered last week, in fact, I heard from a couple of you this past week, um, that this really took you by surprise, um, and that was the fact that we discovered that it's actually God's kindness. It's God's kindness that is intended to lead us to, to repentance, right? That the thing that leads to change, which is what um, the word repentance means, right? It's not fear. It's not anger. It's not pressure. It's not intimidation, right? It's not any of those things, which which again makes sense if you think about it because we know for ourselves, right, none of that has produced any meaningful or lasting change um, in any of us. And so why would it be any different um, with God? We discovered last week that it is, it is God's kindness as demonstrated through the person of Jesus. That is what leads um, to change in us, that life change happens. Life change actually happens when we experience the kindness of Jesus and when we get to experience that not only from our Savior but along with other people who are in fact following him with us. Because again, and the truth is this, and, and, and you know this, for most people, for most people having a relationship with Jesus, that starts by having a relationship with one of us. And so, uh, again, that means for many of us that we actually have to learn to think differently. We have to learn um, to, 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 to think differently, not only about the relationships that we have, but the influence we have, um, the role we have in the lives of other people. Um, maybe we, you have to, maybe for, for you, um, this means you have to begin to think differently about those things 
than you normally do. Because, and again, you know, here's the point, and man, by 2022, we certainly know this. I can't make anyone believe anything, can I? Right? You can't make any, anyone believe anything, can you? In fact, some of the most maddening conversations you have had or ever will have in your life is when somebody else decides that it's their job to make you believe something, right? I can't, and you can't, and we can't manufacture faith, right? That's God's job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. But what we can do, what you and I, what we can do is we can create environments and we can help develop relationships where um, it's easier for people to hear from God, where they can actually hear God's word and where they can develop relationships with other people so they can see, so they can see what it actually looks like to follow Jesus. Now, this is what we, what we mean every time you hear us use this word, belonging. When we talk about a place to belong, this is what we're talking about. This is what we discovered last week as we looked at Matthew's story. And again, um, if you weren't with us last week, uh, this is so incredibly important. In fact, maybe you should go back and, and watch or listen to last week's message. Um, because what we discovered is before Matthew has prayed anything, or before Matthew has changed anything, before uh, Matthew has repented of anything, Right before any of that happens, Jesus actually looks at Matthew and says to Matthew, um, I, I want you to follow me. Right? I want you to follow me. Because Jesus knows that the two most powerful emotions any of us will ever experience in our life are love and rejection. And Jesus also knows that love wins out over rejection every single time. And see, all of us, right, all of us, we just naturally, all of us, we gravitate to the people and the places where we feel love where we feel accepted and where we feel like we belong. Now again, Jesus knew this and so it's no surprise that this is how Jesus would invite us to be in a relationship with him and it's no surprise that this is how Jesus would expect us to invite other people to come and see who he is. Now today, um, we're going to look at another story from the life of Jesus and I love this story uh, uh, because in this event that we're going to look at, all of us see ourselves, right? All of us see ourselves. For some of you, this event is going to be familiar. For others of you, this event is going to be brand new. Um, but in every single one, uh, in this event, every single one of us can see ourselves. And we also see the tension, right? The tension that all of us are go going to experience or have experienced from following or wanting to follow Jesus. No matter how long or how short um, you've known Jesus or been following Jesus, all of us are going to find ourselves in this story. Now, um, one of the things that you should know, again, before we jump into this, one of the things that you should know is that we have more information about um, Jesus, right, than any other person in the ancient world. More than kings, more than emperors, more than anybody. We have more information about him than anybody else. Um, we have four different accounts of the life of Jesus. We have Matthew's account. Matthew was an eyewitness. We discovered this last week. Matthew was a follower of Jesus. He was an apostle of Jesus. He personally saw and witnessed everything Jesus said and did, all the miracles that Jesus did. We, we have Mark. Mark was a, a friend of Peter's. Um, and so Peter, actually, after Jesus' resurrection, Peter dictated his account of following Jesus to Mark. 
we have Luke. Um, Luke is kind of unique because Luke is a, a Gentile. He's a doctor. Um, he's a highly educated individual. And he's not Jewish. He's like us, right? He, he's not Jewish. Um, and, and Luke, he went out and he personally interviewed all the eyewitnesses of the miracles, the stories, the events, the teachings. He took all of this information and Luke compiled it into an orderly way so that we would have a way of understanding who Jesus is. And then again, we have John. We have another eyewitness account from one of Jesus' apostles, one of the people who followed Jesus. And so we have an incredible amount of information about Jesus. And what this means is that many of the events around Jesus' life, we actually have from multiple perspectives, right? Which is really awesome and really amazing compared to any other event in the ancient world. And the event that we're going to look at today is recorded for us by two of these people. recorded by Matthew and by Luke. Now, Matthew, again, who we talked about last week, Matthew was a Jewish person, and he wrote his account of the life of Jesus primarily to other Jewish people. And so there is a lot of things in Matthew's account that he doesn't really explain a whole lot. He just kind of gives us the facts. One of those is this event that we find in Matthew chapter 4, where Matthew tells us this. He says, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, And his brother Andrew, they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once, they left their nets and they followed him. Now, whenever we're studying an event from the life of Jesus especially, one of the things I always tell you to do is I always tell you to try to picture this event in your mind as you hear these words, right? And when you try to do that, With this event, what you discover is this very weird picture, right? Because there's like these two guys who are working. And then this other guy kind of walks up to him and says, hey, um, stop working. Like stop doing whatever you're doing and and just follow me, right? And then then they actually do that, right? That's kind of weird, right? Matthew continues and he he tells us this. He says, going on from there, Jesus saw two more guys, um, two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father, right? They're in a boat. All three of these guys are in a boat with their father, Zebedee. They're preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And listen, I'm just going to say what some of you are thinking right now, which is this does not sound spiritual. This sounds irresponsible, doesn't it? I mean, this is crazy. I mean, think about this, really? And see, for some of you, Right, for some of you, the truth is, this is kind of your experience when it comes to, to following Jesus. Like, if you can't just walk away from everyone and everything in your life right now, then somehow, like, Jesus doesn't even want you. Like, you don't even bother following Jesus, right? That, for some of us, that's our experience, right? And see, the good news is, um, while Matthew tells us um, what happened, right, which is true, this is what happened, but it's not all that happened. Because see, this is where Luke comes along, and Luke, again, is writing to Gentiles. He's writing to people like us. Luke is a doctor. He's an educated person. He wants to understand things. He, he wants to look before he leaps. And so Luke comes along, and he fills in some of the, the missing parts, um, some of the parts that, that Matthew leaves out of his account. And so Luke tells us this. Luke says that one day, while Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. Now, the lake of Gennesaret is just another name for the Sea of Galilee, 
It's what people who were not Jewish uh, called this body of water. And you know how this works, right? If you live in, in Metro Detroit, right, 16 Mile Road, Big Beaver, Horton, Metro Parkway, right? They're all different names for the same road, right? This is exactly what Luke is telling us about this, um, this particular lake. So one day Jesus is standing by the lake of Gennesaret with people crowding around him and, don't miss this, that they were listening to the word of God. Right, so right here, Luke tells us something that Matthew leaves out, which in fact is incredibly important because Jesus is preaching. Right, Jesus is preaching in, in this moment. And, and this is so important for us to understand because a relationship with Jesus and following Jesus, that always begins with information. Because real faith is built on truth. It's built on teaching. It's built on listening. It's built on getting your questions answered. Real faith is not blind. Listen, hear me on this. Anyone who says to you, um, you just need to believe something and not ask any questions about it. You need to run and run quickly. Because Jesus never said that. And Jesus never asked for that. And so Luke tells us that Jesus... Um, he is on the shore, right? Jesus is on the shore, and he's teaching the people there, right? And this crowd of people on the shore is growing and growing and growing, and they are pushing and pushing and pushing closer to Jesus because they want to hear Jesus, and Jesus doesn't have one of these things strapped to his head, right? So they want to get as close to Jesus as they possibly can. And then Jesus, he saw, right? Jesus saw that at the water's edge, there were two boats that were left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Now, people in Jesus' day, they always fished at night, right? And so when they were done fishing, they would take their nets, they'd stretch them out, they'd hang them over posts, they'd clean them, they'd wash them, they'd dry them, they'd roll them up, and then they'd take them home with them so they have them ready for the next day. And so um, Luke tells us there's these people that are there, and they're listening to Jesus, they're pulling the seaweed, right? They're pulling all the other garbage out of their nets, and they're listening to Jesus while they're working. They're listening and working and listening and working. And, and Jesus sees um, that there's a couple of boats nearby, and so Jesus goes and he gets into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, this is Peter. And he asked Peter to put out a little bit from the shore, right? And so basically Jesus says to Peter, hey, hey, Peter, can I bother you for a minute? Not Peter, give me your boat, right? Not Peter, um, not, not even Peter, um, loan me your boat for a day or two, not, none of that. Peter, he just says, Peter, I just want to bother you. I just want to borrow a little bit of your time. And see, we don't know if Peter, um, you know, tied a rope and pushed Jesus out into the lake or if um, Peter is in the boat with Jesus at this point. But regardless, um, Peter is there, and right, he's working and he's listening and he's working and he's listening as Jesus taught the people from the boat. Because faith, faith always comes from hearing. Faith is always built around information. Faith is always built around getting your questions answered because that's always where a relationship begins. And again, this is important. Faith shrinks, right? Faith actually shrinks when we stop listening. Right? This is why. This, this is why as a church this year we're partnering with the Bible Recap. Because we want to help you. We want to help you learn um, how to read the Bible for yourself. We want to help you understand what's in the Bible for yourself. It's why we're always trying to get you into a small group. 
It's why we're always releasing new content uh, on our YouTube channel. Um, This is why. Because, like we said last week, the invitation to follow Jesus, it is an invitation into a relationship. And no relationship can survive without communication. And so Peter, Andrew, James, and John, right, they're all there. They're all working. They're all listening as Jesus is teaching. And Luke tells us that when Peter, when, when Peter finished, when, he had, when Jesus had finished speaking, Jesus said to Peter, right, and see, this is the moment I, I just want you to come and, and see. Because, again, like last week, there are, Jesus could have said anything. Right? He could have said anything to Peter in this moment. He could have said, hey, Peter, did you like that sermon that I just gave? I mean, did you agree with everything I just said? I mean, do you believe me, Peter? Because, like, if you do, then, Peter, you should just walk away from everything and you should just follow me. You should just follow me. Right? But, see, that's not, um, that's not at all what Jesus says. Right? Jesus didn't say that. Instead, he says to, to Peter, he says, listen, Peter, I want you to put out, take our boat out into to deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Right, Peter, Jesus asks Peter to do something that Peter has done countless times before. Right, Jesus knows that Peter can do this, but this is going to be inconvenient for Peter. Right, this is going to be a little different than anything that Peter has, had done before. And again, we don't know exactly what Peter is thinking in, in this moment, right? He, he could have been thinking, okay, listen, Jesus, um, he, maybe you don't realize this, but we just finished doing the thing that you do after you do the thing you just told me to do. Like, Jesus, we just cleaned and, and dried our nets. Now, Jesus, I mean, now you want to go fishing? Right? And Peter is respectful. Right? Peter's respectful. He knows that Jesus is a teacher. Right? He knows that Jesus is a rabbi, uh, but there are rabbis and there are teachers everywhere. And as far as Peter is concerned in this moment, Jesus is just another one. Right? Jesus is just another one. So don't miss this. Notice what Peter says. He says very diplomatically, master. Right? In other words, not God. Right? Not Lord. Right? No, this is just like, like sir. Right? That's all he's saying. Sir. We've worked hard all, all night fishing, and we haven't caught anything. Now, again, where they are fishing, um, it is a sea, um, not a lake. Right? So it's very, very deep. And if you're fishing with a net, the only time you can reach the fish is when the fish are at the surface. And the only time the fish come to the surface is at night. And so these guys, they would always fish at night. By the time daylight comes, the fish go deep, and you can't reach them. And they had been fishing all night, and they had come home empty-handed, and now they are cleaning and drying their nets. And so Jesus says to Peter, Peter, listen, I know this seems like a waste of time to you. I know this sounds silly to you. But, but Jesus, uh, and, and even Peter, I, I realize this is going to take a little bit of effort uh, on your part. It is going to be a little bit of an inconvenience to you. But Peter, listen, I want you to go to take me fishing when you're not supposed to go fishing. Peter, I'm asking you to do something that that you have done before. I get that. But listen, Peter, this time I want you to do it my way. I want you to do it a little differently this time. I'm not asking you for some giant leap. No, I'm not asking you um, to change your life or to sacrifice everything. I'm just asking you to do something a little bit differently. And this time I just want you to do it my way. Right, and again, we don't know. 
I mean, we don't know what Jesus, we don't know what Peter is thinking about Jesus at this point. He could have been thinking, okay, carpenter, fisherman, carpenter, fisherman. You don't tell me how to fish, I won't tell you how to build stuff. He could have been thinking, okay, you know, Jesus, don't you realize when this crowd of people that you've gathered here to listen to you, when they see me taking you fishing in the middle of the day, Jesus, don't you realize they're going to think I'm an idiot? Don't you, think, don't you realize they're going to think I don't have a clue what I'm doing? Don't you think they're going to think I'm crazy? Like, Jesus, don't you understand that? And see, you know what was at stake for, for Peter in this moment? What was at stake for Peter was whether or not Peter thought he could trust Jesus. Because again, every single relationship that you have, every single relationship you always will have, it is dependent on trust. You cannot have a relationship with someone who won't trust you. And you will not be in a relationship with someone that you do not trust. And see, that's what makes the next part of this event so amazing. Because Peter looks at Jesus and he says to Jesus, but because you say so, right? Not because I think we're going to catch anything. Not because I think this is going to be good for my reputation. Uh, for sure, not because, um, because this makes any sense. I mean, for, for sure. But listen, um, just because, because I've listened, right? Because Jesus, I, I, I've heard you teach. Jesus, I've listened. And, and Jesus, I've learned just enough. Jesus, I have just enough respect for you. Jesus, I wouldn't do this for anybody else. But Jesus, I, I've listened. I, I've heard some of what you have to say. And so because it's you, Jesus, I will let down the nets. And see, here's the part that all of us, right, regardless of how long or short um, you've been following Jesus or are familiar with Jesus, here's what all of us can appreciate to some degree or another. The reason we even know who Peter is today in our world is because in this moment, Peter listened to what it is that Jesus was asking him to do, and, and he realized, okay, it is a little strange. Uh, I'll give you that. It's a little bit odd. It makes me a little bit uncomfortable. But if I'm honest, it's really not that big of a deal, right? It's really not that huge a, a, of a leap. So, so why not? Why not do what Jesus is asking me to do? Why not trust Jesus with this one opportunity? Why not trust Jesus with, with this, this one thing, this one thing, even though, even though, if I'm honest, I think that my way is better than his way. Because of Jesus asking, because you say so, Peter said, I will let down the nets. I will trust you. And see, for some of you, this literally is you in this moment right now. Because you, like Peter, are wondering if you can actually trust Jesus with something happening in your life. And Jesus is kind of poking you on the shoulder and he is whispering in your ear and he's saying to you, take me fishing. And see, just like Peter, you have no idea what actually hands, uh, hangs in the balance of this. And see, we look back on this today and we think to ourselves, okay, it's no big deal. Like, just take him fishing already, right? Like, who cares? Doesn't matter. But the truth is, what Peter is experiencing in this moment is the, exactly the same thing that you and me, what we experience every single day. How is this going to make me look? 
What are people going to think of me when they see me doing this? This doesn't make any sense to me. I know how to do this. I've done this before. This sounds silly. I, I, don't, need, I don't need anybody's help. Right? I don't need anybody's help. Peter, just like you, Peter, just like me, right, has no idea of what hangs in the balance. Not because of the request. Don't miss that. But because it's Jesus who is asking. When they had done so, don't miss this, when they had done so, not when they had thought so, not when they had prayed so, not when they had intended so, when they had done so, because doing is what makes the difference, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Peter saw this, he said, praise God, I won't have to go to work for weeks. <laughs> the reason that's funny is because that's what I would do. Right? That's what you would do. This is the natural thing. Right? This is the natural thing that we do in these situations. We get all focused in on the fish, right? On the thing, on the moment, Peter in this moment, right, Peter in this moment, he realizes, this isn't what Peter said, by the way, hopefully you know that. Um, this isn't what Peter said. Peter realizes in this moment, it's not really, it's, this is no longer, right, this is no longer about the fish. Listen to what Peter actually said. He said, when Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, don't miss this, go away from me, Lord, not master. Don't miss that. Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Now listen, if you tuned out, if you're counting light bulbs right now, if you're eating something, just close the refrigerator for a second. I do not want you to miss this. In this moment, this is the come and see moment. In this moment, Peter realizes something about Jesus and he realizes something about himself. And it's in this moment that Peter's relationship with Jesus begins. Think about it. Jesus and Peter have been like shoulder to shoulder, eyeball to eyeball with each other for like a couple of hours at this point. But it's not until this practical step of faith that Peter, Peter realizes something about himself and he realizes something about Jesus. And what he realizes, what he experiences is unlike anything he's ever experienced before. And suddenly he has this overwhelming realization. I am in the presence of my Lord. And notice, right, Jesus. Jesus doesn't look at Peter and say, hey, Peter, you know what? I'm glad you finally admitted this. In fact, it's only because of this that we're going to discover in just a moment that Jesus looks at Peter and he says to Peter, I want, you to, I want you to follow me. Peter, I want you, I want you to follow me. Peter and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken, and so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Peter's partners. And then Jesus said to Peter, don't be afraid. 
right? Because at this point, they're all like scared to death, right? They are terrified, like, who is this guy? Don't be afraid. From now on, right? In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, I do not want something from you. I am not here to take something from you. Peter, I have something for you. From now on, Peter, you will fish for people. And so, Luke tells us, same thing that Matthew tells us, they end up in the same point. They pulled their boats up on shore, they left everything, and they followed Jesus. Now, like we said a few minutes ago, one of the reasons I love this event, and one of the reasons I love um, looking at these two events is because all of us, right, all of us, no matter where you're at, all of us, we can find ourselves, and we can also find the people that we care about somewhere at different points in this story. And see, for some of you right now, you're just simply at the listen and learn point, right? You're just simply, that, that's where you're at. You're just at the, the listen and, and learn phase. And, and the thing that you need to do in order to follow Jesus um, is just come back next week. Just watch again um, with us next week. The, the thing that you need to do, it's nothing more than that. You just need to listen and, and learn. Because a relationship with Jesus always begins with information and following Jesus, right? Following Jesus always begins by being informed. It is not about having a blind faith, right? That is crazy. Why in the world would God ask you to have blind faith? That makes no sense, right? Some of you, some of you are just at the listen and learn phase, and this is the only thing you need to do. You just need to come back. You just need to watch again next week. You need to listen, and you need to learn. Others of you, however, others of you are at this whole borrow the boat phase, right? And, and see, this is all about the issue of convenience, and specifically um, your inconvenience, right? Because you, you know what this means for some of you? Um, you've gotten enough information, right? But now you actually need to, to get yourself someplace where you can get some questions answered, Right? You, need to, you need to get yourself in with a, a group of people somewhere. You need, to, um, you need to, to get a group or find a group. You need to, to join a men's group or a women's group. Um, you need to join a couple's group. Right? You need to do something here. You need to make some time to do something here on Monday night or Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning or Wednesday night or, or Sunday morning. Right? Or you need to join a small group. Right? You actually need to find your Bible or get a Bible or download a Bible. You need to begin um, to read the Gospels for yourselves. Right? Instead of relying on me to read it to you, um, you need to just open it up and, and pick one of the Gospels. Pick John. Start, go from beginning to end. Just that one Gospel. This is all about the issue of convenience. Or perhaps um, you need to sign up and, and join Autumn and I this year um, as, a, as a church, as we go through um, the Bible recap together, right? 15 minutes a day, that's all it takes, 10, 15 minutes a day. Go in the, the lobby afterwards, grab the bookmark with this picture on it, scan the QR code. If you're online with us right now, um, we'll put links to all this stuff in the chat for you, right? And yes, it is inconvenient, and yes, it is, it's going to take a little bit of your time. But it's not change your whole life. Right? It's not um, give up everything. It's not going to cost you anything, in fact. All you need to do is to just take that next step to follow. It's just interacting with other people. It's just a little, it's a little bit of an inconvenience in your schedule. Jesus is asking um, to borrow your boat. He's not going to take anything from you. He's not going to steal anything from you. He just wants to borrow a little bit of your time. The next thing 
for some of you, the next step kind of here, the next phase here, is this whole take him fishing thing, right? And this is where um, life begins to get a little exciting because, um, because for some of you, your Heavenly Father wants you to do something that you've done countless times before, um, but he's telling you this time he wants you to do a little bit differently than you have ever before. And, and I'll tell you this, even though I don't know what this is for you, I, I will, I'm willing to bet you this. It has something to do either with your relationships, your career, or your finances. Something relationally, something professionally, or something financially. Because you've been coming or you've been watching for a while and, and you've learned, you've listened and you've learned. And you've even taken some time to get um, some of your questions answered and to start interacting with other people about what it is that you're listening and learning and what it is that you're hearing. And see, every once in a while, what you're experiencing is while you're listening and while you're praying, um, you, you get this overwhelming sense of, uh, okay, I just, I, just need to, I, I just need to begin. I just need to start. Um, I, I just need to stop. The Holy Spirit is tuning your conscience into something that you've never been tuned into before. Because it's never bothered you before. But now it's starting to bother you. Or um, you're actually considering doing something in a relationship that you, you would never consider before. Um, but now you're actually considering it. Um, and, and just like Peter, you have no idea what hangs in the balance. But you can't get that thought, that idea out uh, of your, your mind. And it's not change your whole life. It's just changed this one thing because you've listened and you've learned and you've gotten some questions answered. And it feels, right, like this might be your Heavenly Father speaking to you right now about this one thing. You don't even know what that actually means, really, um, but you have no idea what hangs in the balance. This change in a relationship, this change to be more generous in your finances, um, th this change for you and maybe how you do business perhaps, th that is at the center of whatever it is that your Heavenly Father wants to do in your life right now. And see, whenever, and this is, I'm going to tell you how this is, what's going to happen. When you get on the other side of this, whatever it is, what you're going to discover is that it really wasn't about the money. It really wasn't about the relationship. It really wasn't about the job. This was about the fact that it was Jesus banging on the door of your heart. And when you get on the other side of whatever this is for you right now, what you will have discovered is that Jesus actually cares about you personally. And life will never look the same for you after. After this. For others of you, um, you're at the whole um, leave everything thing, right? Because the truth is, for some of us, we've actually had many of these, right? There's, we, we sense Jesus saying something, the Holy Spirit saying something to one er us in one area of our life, and, and we, 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 we went along with what he was saying, and it was like, oh my goodness, I can't believe that happened. And then a little while later, maybe a year later, two years later, it was the same thing, but in a whole different area of life. Right? And so now um, you're sitting there and, and you're kind of thinking, okay, um, listen, um, you, you've kind of experienced enough, right? You, you know enough, right? You've, you've listened, you've learned, you've asked enough questions, you've experienced this more than once. You know. You, you know. Your Heavenly Father is calling you not to surrender one thing. He's calling you to surrender everything. 
and, and you're scared to death right now, but in, in your heart, what you know is that you, you know, um, as crazy as it sounds, you believe, Jesus, you can actually do a better job with my life than I can do with my life. And so, Jesus, I, I, I want to trust you with everything. I want to trust you with all my relationships. I want to trust you with my entire future. Jesus, I want, um, I want you, and more importantly, I want your, your, I want your will. Jesus, I want you. Uh, not just the stuff you do. No, Jesus, I want you in every single area of my life. And then for others of you, Right? There's the last thing. It's the, 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 the uh, become a fisher of, of people thing. One of the most amazing things that happens um, at this, this point of surrender is that your heavenly father begins um, to change your heart in, in such a way uh, that he begins to give you a, a love for people, a concern um, for people that, that you've never had before. And what he is doing is he is changing your heart in this, in this leave everything phase. He is changing your heart to be more like his heart so that you start to see people the way that he sees people, right? Not good people and bad people or conservative people or liberal people or old people or young people. Jesus makes it clear that is not how our, our Heavenly Father sees the world. That is not how our Heavenly Father um, divides the world. And you begin to realize the reason that Jesus was drawn to people who were far from God is because they are far from God. And we, those of us who are followers of Jesus, we are Jesus' body. And so if that is what is true about Jesus... What does that say for what should be true about us? Matthew tells us this. Jesus says, uh, on one day Matthew records Jesus saying, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overcome it. If this is what Jesus is doing in our world right now, what does that say about what we should be doing? Jesus is asking you to partner with him. For some of you, Jesus is asking you to partner with him and to become a fisher of people. And what you will discover, I'm telling you, what you will discover when you say yes to this calling is that you gain a passion, you gain a concern, you gain a, a calling to bring Jesus into every single relationship that you have. Um, on one of our recent episodes of the I'm Glad I Heard That podcast, a guy from our church by the name of, of Jake Ellinger, um, he tells his story of God, of responding to this calling that God put on his life to become a fisher of people and how that calling has changed everything about him. It's changed the way he sees work, the way he sees relationships, the way he goes to work. It has given him a purpose and a vision and a mission for his life unlike anything he has ever experienced before in his life. If you have not listened to this, you really need to listen to this. The Apostle Paul, he tells us this. He says, as the church, we are to equip the saints for the work of ministry by building up the body of Christ. Right? Listen, this is why we did Alpha this past, uh, past fall on Wednesday nights. 
Right? This is why um, Autumn and Dave and, and Emily and um, Eric and Tony and Lindsay, it's why all of them want to help you learn how to use Alpha so that you can learn how to invite the people in your life, in your family, your friends, the people you go to school with. It's how um, they want you to learn how to use Alpha to invite other people to come and to see Jesus. And the point of all this, right, the point of, of, of this, it's not to rank yourself, right? It's not to, 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 to grade yourself or rank yourself. The, the point of this um, is simply so that you will discover um, exactly what it is that Peter discovered, which is that Jesus does not want something from you. He simply wants something for you. We have, we as a church, we are a group of people who love Jesus and who love the world for which Jesus died. And we have a passion. We have a passion to see people who not, do not know Jesus come to know Jesus and learn how to follow him. And Jesus is calling you to become a fisher of people and participate in that calling. And listen, all he's asking you to do is take that next step. Just take that next step. Because until you do, you will never know and you will never experience what it is that Jesus is calling you to come and see. And I just want you to come and see. Let me pray for us this morning. Heavenly Father, wherever, wherever this lands for each of us today, Father, my prayer is that you simply, you do what you do and what only you can do, and that is just simply um, give us the faith that we need to take that next step, that faith that we need to trust you. Father, for the, the college student who's here and who's listening, and who has heard you speaking about what this means for them and their life, what they're going to spend their life doing, the next steps they're going to take. Father, I pray that for that person, you would give them the faith they need to trust you and to follow you. Father, for the, the guy that's here today and who's hearing and has been hearing, Holy Spirit, um, you calling him, to become a fisher of people, and yet he is terrified of what that means for his friendships and his relationships um, and the people that he, he works with. Father, I just pray that you give him the faith he needs to take that next step. Father, for the woman who's listening right now, who is dealing with so much hurt and so much discouragement, and so much, so much fear. Jesus, I just pray that you give her the faith she needs to keep listening, keep listening, keep listening to your voice. That she would hear you reminding her, Jesus, that you are with her, that you have promised to never leave her or abandon her, no matter what happens in this life. And Father, my prayer for every single one of us is that um, for all of us this next week, as we think about what 
um, that next step is for us personally. Father, I pray that you would give us the faith we need to trust you. And Father, I pray that you would show up in such a way that it would be undeniable that it was you, Jesus, who is banging at the door of our heart. And Father, all of us, all of us have those things that we're hoping that you will do, that, you're ask, that we're asking for you to give us the, the strength and the faith to, to encourage us and give us the courage so that we can do. And Father, all of us have those moments in life where we look back and we have regret, where we ask and we wish that we hadn't, that we would have listened to your voice that we would not have ignored, Holy Spirit, what you were saying to us. And yet, Jesus, you remind us that in all those moments, in all that sin and all that doubt and all that regret, Jesus, what doesn't change is your love and your grace and your forgiveness. And so, Jesus, we ask in these moments that you hear each of us as we personally and as we silently confess our sin to you. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus is the God who is faithful. He is the God who has promised to bring his grace and his mercy, his forgiveness and his strength into your life and into your heart every single day. He has promised he will never leave you or abandon you, but to give you his peace. And so the good news of the gospel is that your sin, it is truly forgiven. In Jesus' name.